It's been several months ago now since my family and I went on a quick vacation to South Texas. We had a great time and like all good getaways, the only trouble with them is that they all come to an end too soon. And furthermore, you have to pay for them, (laughs) which continues to be my least favorite part. It was the morning of the last day at the hotel we were staying at and I realized early that the swimming pool that morning was completely empty. Not a soul in sight, just undisturbed, cool, clear water encompassed in that familiar rectangular holding. It was already warm outside and the water looked so inviting. My family was still sleeping and it had been a while since I had actually gone for a swim. And I used to really enjoy swimming, and I had this small window of time on my hands. I thought maybe I should go down for a dip. Now, I've had many recent instances of going to the pool, but when kids say, Dad, let's go swimming, they don't mean they want to go swimming. They actually have no intention of swimming at all. They just want to get in the water. They may get wet and that sort of thing, but the similarities of swimming in there. And when you're a dad in the pool, you're just another pool accessory. (laughs) I'm convinced that my kids have a list, towel, toys, snacks, um, goggles, mm, floaties, father. Uh, They want to make sure dad is there. He's just another pool add-on though. Because dads throw frisbees and footballs. They toss objects to sink to the bottom of the pool to be retrieved. They become sharks that have surprise attacks from the depths. We're often that buoy of safety in the deeper depths where tiny toes can't touch. And listen, I've Marco Polo'd my way around the pool for the last 15 years. I've gone to the pool lately, but to get out there and and really swim, you know, just to kind of Michael Phelps it out there. (laughs) Well, it had been a minute. So I decided to go and I, I gingerly descend the steps into the pool and I was delighted to find the temperature was perfect. It was cool, not cold, refreshing, not refrigerated. I waited to the end of the pool. I centered myself right in the middle and I started to just leisurely swim laps and I started with the freestyle stroke and after a while I I switched to my back and I did the backstroke and I I just looked up at the sky and the sun, it was beautiful. I was enjoying myself, I I was really at peace. After a while though, I'd been in the pool for a bit, people started to come and I didn't want to take up the pool going right down the center. So I decided to to get out and I was proud of myself. It felt good to get back out on the water. I toweled off and started to head back to the room. But before I did, I decided I would would check my watch. Uh, Because see, I I had started my watch to track the swim before I got in. And my watch had, had split the swim into different categories. 
The first category, which was mixed, said zero. I didn't do any of that. The second said backstroke, and I spent a good bit of time doing that. So it had, it had tracked the time and the distance that I had done that. But the final category was unknown. And to my dismay, almost all my time and distance was dedicated to the unknown. <laughs> my watch was just confused at what I was doing. It was as if the best technical minds in Silicon Valley who had spent countless hours and years developing this incredible tracking technology and this watch had been on the edge of the pool watching me. What is he doing? <laughs> is someone attacking him? Is he attached to some sort of weight or something? Is he drowning? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Certainly he's in some sort of terrible terrible struggle. One thing I know for sure, that is not swimming. Well, maybe we should help him. I mean, there is just two of us. I had a good laugh walking back to my room as these conversations played through my head, and I thought, how much of our lives would be categorized as the unknown? Most of it. We live in a constant state of uncertainty. It's the air of our atmosphere. We may think we know what will happen or that we have things under control, but as we've been reminded of in recent days, we are not in control. It's true that we never know what a day may bring, and we've all had those days that we never saw coming. We can plan and speculate, forecast and postulate, but we don't know what's happening next. And your life, my life, apparently Elsa's life is a daily walk into the unknown. Our focal text today brings us to a critical point in Israel's history. It was time for God's people to go over and possess the land that they'd been promised so many years before. Moses had led God's people for decades, but now he's old, but he's still spry for his age, as scripture will later tell us. But he's unable to lead them across the Jordan, possibly partly unable because of his age and physical condition, but certainly unable because of his previous disobedience. Now Moses, at the end of his leadership, exhorts the people as they face crossing into Canaan. He also commissions Joshua to take up that mantle and to take them across to the promised land. The trouble is there's some adversity that awaits them and uncertainty that lies ahead. God's people didn't have a great track record. There was a tendency with such a great task ahead to fall into fear, into discouragement. And this wasn't the first time that God's people had pondered the prospect of crossing over into the unknown. Forty years earlier, the previous generation had faced that same dilemma. It didn't go well. Do you remember? A Twelve spies sent out, one from each tribe. God, through Moses, tells them to go over and to scout the land for 40 days. They look it over. They return with a report saying that it, it is, it's, it's an incredible land, it's, it's fertile, it's fruitful. However, there's a problem. These people, these pagan enemies of the Lord had large fortified cities and not just that, 
The people were enormous as well, giants in the land. Some of the spies said were grasshoppers next to them. They exclaimed, our, our wives and our children, they will become prey for them. Now the Israelites had been freed from the captivity of the Egyptians and yet they found themselves captured again, slaves to fear. Only those two spies, Joshua and Caleb, believed that God could see them through. The people rebelled against God and the leadership the Lord had given them and his righteous wrath was kindled saying, how long will these people despise me and not believe in, believe in me in spite of the signs that I've done among them? No one from that generation was permitted to enter into the promised land except for Joshua and Caleb. The 10 other spies, they, they die by plague and the people who lacked faith spent the remainder of their lives wandering year after year. 40 years, a year for every day, the spies scouted out the land and ultimately they all died in the wilderness. So when Moses gives the Lord's command, be strong and courageous as they look to enter Canaan again. It wasn't just meaningless mumbling. It was for good reason. God's people had a propensity to be fearful and discouraged in the light of the unknown. And the path of fear and mistrust had proven to be especially costly. Now, here we are so many years later and thankfully we've got it figured out, don't we? No. The reality is God's people are still struggling to trust and obey him on this side of the unknown. The Israelites faced their own plagues as they were plagued with a myriad of what ifs. What if we can't defeat the enemy? What if we don't have the strength to overcome? What if my family suffers harm? Those questions don't seem so far from the ones we wrestle with today. We as God's people have this tendency to be fearful and discouraged in the midst of uncertainty. Instead of stepping into God's promises, we waste our lives wandering in the what ifs. To walk out in faith is to, to step towards the promise of God. To walk in fear is to willingly wander apart from his will. Most of us aren't skilled at navigating uncertainty in our lives. Our default setting is not trust, but if we're going to live victoriously the life we're called to, enjoy all that God has promised to us as his children, we must learn to faithfully follow the Lord even into unknown territory. This morning, I want us to consider how we can live courageously in seasons of uncertainty. Living courageously in seasons of uncertainty. I want us to look at that passage again in Deuteronomy chapter 31. I'll begin in verse seven. Then Moses called to Joshua and said to him in the sight of all of Israel, be strong and courageous, for you shall go with this people into the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give to them, and you shall give it to them as an inheritance. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. 
The first key is to claim the truth that the Lord goes before you. The Lord goes before you. In the same fashion that he brought Israel out of Egypt and he'd gone before them in the wilderness, he now would go with Joshua and the people into the land of Canaan. Moses is saying the Lord himself is going with you. He's not just sending an intern, he's going himself. He's not just sending his best man for the job in Joshua, he's going himself before. Personally, he won't just be in the tower, he'll be in the trenches with you. This is a common theme in scripture for God's people. The Lord goes before us. Exodus chapter 13 says, the Lord was going before them in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Deuteronomy 1 says, the Lord goes before you with himself to fight on your behalf. Later in verse 33, who goes before you on your way. Isaiah 45 2, I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. The Lord goes before his people. Most of us are familiar with the name Emmett Smith. He's the famous Hall of Fame running back who played for the Cowboys in the 90s and the early 2000s, and he's the NFL's all-time rushing leader still. He ran for over 18,000 yards. And I don't know about you, but when I hear that, it makes me tired. (laughs) A name that's much less familiar, but maybe you still know, is Daryl Johnston. Cowboys fans affectionately referred to him as Moose. He he was the fullback when Smith played with the Cowboys. Uh, The fullback, as you may know, protects the players in the backfield from the opposing team. He busts through the line and makes a way for the running back to progress up the field. And I recently watched an interview with Emmett as he he was asked what he thought of Daryl Johnston. And he said he... He's an unsung hero. He would go and do all the grunt work, the dirty, hard work. He would go in and he would uproot linebackers. He had to go up against guys that were much larger than him and he took head-on collisions. He made sacrifices for me. In fact, in his Hall of Fame speech, Emmett Smith had Daryl Johnston stand in front of everyone And in tears, Smith said, I would not be where I am today without your sacrifice. Christian, God goes before you. He made and he makes a way for you. He continues to take on the challenges in your life so you won't have to face them alone. And oh, the immeasurable, precious sacrifice that he's given for you. The believer can walk into the unknown with gratitude, understanding the sacrifice that's been made on their behalf. And furthermore, every believer can carry courage bolstered by the awareness that the almighty God goes before to fight for them. Moses told Joshua, told God's people, the Lord's going ahead of you. And believer, you can claim the Lord goes before you too. The Lord goes before you. Let's read on in verse eight. The Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. The second 
key is that the Lord will be with you. This whole passage is framed with this assurance that God is present and his people can have courage. Joshua can be strong and courageous because of this wonderful promise of God's victorious presence. This promise was repeated to Joshua by God himself in Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Pastor John Ortberg tells a story about an experience he had while he was out surfing. He said, a few weeks ago when I was out surfing, there was no one else in the water. In fact, there was no, there was no one around at all, except a guy who was the size of Goliath, and he was doing martial arts on the beach. And after I'd been out there for a little while, a tiny wisp of a boy came paddling up out of nowhere. And I couldn't believe he was out there all by himself. He pulled up his little board right next to mine. He was so small he hardly needed a board. He could have stood up in the ocean on a frisbee. Anyway, he started chatting with me like we were old friends. He told me his name was Shane. He, he asked me how long I'd been surfing. I asked him how long he'd been surfing. Seven years. How old are you, I said. Eight. He asked me about my kids and my family. And he said, you know what I like about surfing? It's so peaceful. You meet a lot, a lot of nice people out here too. We talked a while longer. I said, Shane, you meet a lot of nice people because you're such a nice guy. After we spoke even longer, I asked him, Shane, how did you get out here? He said, my dad brought me. Then he turned around and he waved at the nearly empty beach and then Goliath doing martial arts waved back. Hi son, he called out. Then I knew why Shane was so at home in the ocean. It wasn't his size, it wasn't his skill, it was who was sitting on the beach. His father was always there, he was always watching. And his father was very big. Shane was never really alone at all, Wartburg writes. Neither are we. The Lord went before Joshua, before God's people, but not so far that he would separate himself from his servant. The assurance of his presence gave strength and courage the upper hand over fear and discouragement. You know what the truth is for you this morning? For those that have put their faith and trust in Christ, you will never face a situation. You will never face a moment, a day, a season where your God is not watching you and never a moment when he is not with you. When you face the fears of the unknown, the struggles of uncertainty, believe that truth. The Lord goes before you and the Lord is with you. Look at verse eight again with me. The Lord is the one who goes ahead of you. He will be with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. The Lord won't leave you. 
Moses' final bit of encouragement in verse eight is that God won't fail you or forsake you. He's essentially saying God won't lose and he won't leave you. When you think about it, there's no one else in your life that can make that claim. This wonderful truth is echoed in the New Testament when the writer of Hebrew writes, he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. Uh, You've seen this scene before. It's a common parent tactic. Uh, A parent or grandparent is ready to leave, but a child is still playing or not paying attention or just not interested in leaving. And the parent is trying to convince, or the family member is trying to convince the child, oh, we're going we're gonna to leave without you. Have you seen that? Oh, now Connor. Connor, Mamaw's leaving. Mamaw's going to leave without you. We're going to go get ice cream. I guess you don't want to have ice cream. Here we go. You've seen that happen many, many times before. And often in the case With a a young child, that child will toddle over and finally get ready to go. Even from a young age, we have a fear of being forsaken, being abandoned, left behind, left alone. And it's one thing to to face the hardships of life with someone to hold on to. It's another to face them alone alone. And I think that was one of the hardest things as we were going through um, some of the pandemic when everything was locked down, when family members couldn't go and visit their family that was hurting in in the hospital or maybe in a nursing facility. And we knew they were, they were alone. And though we were thankful for phone calls and FaceTime, it wasn't the same as being together. You can't pass through this life without having seasons where you feel alone. You know what it's like to feel abandoned, to feel forsaken through the most difficult of days. On the other hand, you've experienced the moments when someone said, hey, I'm here if you need to talk, and they meant it. And someone said, oh, no, I'm not leaving. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to sit here with you as long as you'd like me to. Maybe you've had a friend or loved one stay with you overnight in the hospital. I mean, that person, they really love you. To attempt to sleep in that tiny chair covered in the matchless comfort of a hospital blanket. They're dealing with us at our most frustrated. They're awakened every time that we are. When the nurse says, now you get some sleep, you need your rest, I'll see you in 15 minutes when I turn the light back on and poke you with something sharp. (laughs) They're also awakened, and I'm kidding, so grateful for our medical professions, professionals. I'm just just saying that person really cares for you. And by the way, side note, what a great opportunity we have as believers to show that kind of care to people who are hurting. Believer, you need to know that God is saying that I I won't reject you, let go of you, relax my hold on you, give up on you, cease to be around you. I won't abandon you or desert you. You can have full assurance that God is with you. And as Moses said, he won't forsake you. 
God's people were into a promised land that was promised to them, a fertile place, a, a land filled with milk and honey, the Bible says, but make no mistake, they were going into a fight. There was uncertainty, it was unknown territory, and they were at a crossroad where their fathers had previously failed to show faith. So Moses says, be strong and courageous, and he gives them this encouragement from the Lord. Uh, the Lord will go ahead of you, he'll be with you, and he won't leave you. What comfort and courage the believer can draw from resting in the reality of these truths. How empowering to confidently say, the Lord goes before me, the Lord's with me, and he won't let go of me, and he won't leave me. What a precious promise to the Israelites and Joshua, but how much more can we as partakers of God's gift of grace, those who are redeemed, those who have called on Jesus, claim this? See, Jesus has already gone before us to the cross, and he's become the firstborn among many sons and daughters of God. He's gone before us as the first fruits of our resurrection. He's gone to prepare a place for us that where he is, we may be also. And Jesus has shown us that he's with us when the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us, and they called him Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus won't leave us or forsake us as he told his disciples, lo, I'm with you even to the end of the age. His promises are eternal and he will not forsake his beloved. And you and I don't follow an Old Testament character like Moses or Joshua. We follow Jesus. And Moses told the people, you're going to win. The Lord's gonna be faithful just as he was in the past. And for the believer, we don't have to live defeated. The battle has already been fought and already won. The victory is ours. Our eternal future is secure. And we may not know what tomorrow may bring, but I know who never changes the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's gonna be with me, go before me, and he won't let me go. But when we face the unknown, it's as if we have to squint to see him, strain to hear his voice in the distance. Panicked, we reach for him in the darkness to find his reassuring presence. In the path of fear and anxiety and mistrust, just in the life of the Israelites is true and ours has proven to be especially costly. Charles Spurgeon said, anxiety does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it, it only empties today of its strength. Was it for you? What is it for you today? What keeps you not strong and courageous, but fearful and discouraged? What are the giants of the unknown for you? Is it money? Is it a concern with your career? Is it a problem in a relationship? Is it your health? The health of one of your loved ones? Is it your family? The future? Listen, there is no giant lurking in the land of the unknown too big for your God. Do you remember the Lord's words mentioned earlier when God's people considered crossing into Canaan and they didn't go ahead? 
He said, how long will these people despise me, not believe in me, despite of all the signs I've done among them? I wonder if there are moments, seasons in our life where it would warrant those words. How long will they despise me? After all that I've done for them. When facing uncertainty, God was asking his people back then to trust him and obey, and he's asking his people today to trust him and obey, and he says, I'll go before you, I'll be with you, and I'll never leave you. To walk out in faith is to move towards the promise of God. To walk in fear is to willingly wander apart from his will. See, there will always be there will always be unknown territory we're called to cross into. And there will always be giants in the land. You have a choice to trust him or to turn away and wonder. And I wonder, which way are you walking? Let's pray. God, I thank you for the truth of your word. And God, we are so thankful for your faithfulness to us. And Lord, there's not a person in here that won't face them. The dark days, the difficult months and years. Lord, the days of uncertainty, the unknown. But God, today, still so many years later, God, we see your faithfulness, we claim it, we see it displayed in your son. God, we wanna trust you. We wanna obey you. We don't want to wander. Or do we want to step into the promises that you have for us? God, we thank you. We thank you that you never leave us. You never forsake us. God, will you help us to follow you? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.